Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Top of the morning to you. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone. It's V, Gorilla Economist, and I'm here with my main man, Velas. What's up? <laughs> that was a terrible Irish accent. There's a lot of things you do well. I'm not so sure about that one. Yeah, me neither, man. <laughs> me neither. But um, I think uh, if Cowboy was here, he'd do a, a mean Irish accent. But anyway, folks, it's V for Velas. Velas is here. He's the Dark Raven of the Deep State. And with that being said, let's plunge into the dark waters and see where this man takes us today. Prepare to be blown away and make sure you go back and listen to this broadcast again and have your notebooks handy. With that being said, Velas, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you doing? Oh, I can't complain. I mean, I could complain, but who's going to listen? Right? <laughs> the weather The weather's a little crazy today. It, it's kind of nuts. I woke up this morning and it was uh, sleet and ice. I'm like, oh, this stinks. Then I'm hearing sun uh, later. Uh, you and I are supposed to be having dinner together, so it's going to be uh, hopefully yes. the weather's going to be clear by then as we cut into our delectable victuals that we'll be uh, consuming this this evening. Yes, and libations. Yes. yes, and I've got the uh, what do you call it? I just rain next to the windows for just such an emergency. To quote Foghorn Leghorn, um, <laughs> folks, as I as I go through what's on the news uh, or or various aggregator websites like Rantingly, and I look at the the front page here, and you know the lead story is the Biden family business is corruption, and all I can think of is yet another example, everyone, where alternative news really has been keeping you filled in long before even. Other alternative sources or mainstream media ever told you anything. Case in point, uh, Ryan Dawson over at the Anti-Neocon Report or ANC, um, you know, doing his thing out there in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, he's the guy who has all the posters on Epstein and the Biden crime family. I own both and they're sitting here in my office. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Mike Moore uh, over at True Pundit, who has been saying for some time, uh, you know, that he covers things on on his program. Uh, especially some of the the intelligence drops he gets from from feds, um, powerpoints and things, and internal documentation. That you know, Mike Moore has said for some time he loves the fact that he covers things on his show, and then two years later, most of the major media steal it and say, "Hey, we've 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 just had this major revelation." And it's like not not if you've been listening to any of us in the alternative community. So today's program and the stuff I'm going to cover, I did post on on Discord. I made a few a few tweaks along the way. Uh, 
first item, uh, the leash they keep you on. Uh, I have an example yet again of everyone, uh, why no one is allowed to hold any major political office or any law enforcement position of national importance. Uh, no significant media or Hollywood presence without a warehouse of incrementally increasing horrible crap about you that they will leverage if they need to. Uh, you make a mistake. Uh, they put something out there about you. Uh, if you're threatening to talk, they obliterate your credibility before you can. Uh, if you don't take the money, you're probably going to die. Uh, please see Mike Gill. Um, so CNN, of all organizations, especially about a week ago, was floating a lot of stuff about Merrick Garland uh, in the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. And at the time, I was like, oh, we're going with that direction again. Um, because anytime anyone starts picking up the Oklahoma City topic or others, uh, there's a lot of subtlety there. Uh, I've shared with all of you on a prior show my own thoughts on what are probably up to five cover stories on that event as you work through different layers to try and get to loosely the truth. Um, a major media organization bringing that skeleton out of the closet is a warning, and let me be candid. They're not warning they will expose his involvement in what really occurred with that event or anyone else. They're circulating the story to let you know that the others out there who could be harmed are probably going to get involved because they're the ones that are going to cause that airplane turbulence from which you will not land. I'm referencing the former Clinton lawyer who died recently on a private jet due to turbulence. No one else on the jet died, but she did. Uh, it's like that scene from the movie Casino towards the end where the mafia guys might be going to federal prison and they're discussing who needs to die uh, to protect themselves. And a major character in the movie, they're all sitting around the table talking about this character saying, yeah, he can be trusted. Uh, he's a complete Marine. We can count on him. And then the one of the main mafia characters, Remo Gadji, says, eh, why take a chance? At least that's how I feel about it. So the character, of course, is killed. Uh, that's how these things happen, folks. That's exactly how they happen. It's not that anyone really believes you're going to go to the New York Times and, and drop everything about what's going on out there. It's the mere existence of the risk. Uh, a lot of times is enough, is enough to get you killed. Um, things about Rogue News. Uh, my compliments to Gus Demas this week uh, because we had some issues with Twitch and thank you Algo, Algo Cowboy for, for <laughs> fixing the server. Um, my compliments to Gus because he was able to appear on YouTube this week and we didn't get kicked off YouTube. No, so. I, I think things are starting to calm down a little bit here, man. I, well, you know, and I'm also glad for the fact that that even on YouTube, I'm noticing the the viewership is is back in the two three thousand range, which is nice. Um, so while we're here, uh, and speaking of Rogue specifically, uh, there's someone uh, out there uh, who V has brought up on a number of occasions, and he and I were having a sidebar about this the other day. Uh, v, care to offer any thoughts on the arrest of Miles Gow? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, the worst part is, is that, um, you know, we all, like you said it best when you first came on, you, you know, you know, you, you kind of let the cat out of the bag, fellas, when you said Bannon is a hired gun. Most, most people don't know that, you know, right. There's a lot of points with Bannon that, that I like, and there's a lot more things that I completely disagree with. Uh, Miles Gow is a career criminal. Miles Gow is somebody who's been running for his life out of China because of the massive amount of fraud that he's committed over there. And for him to be arrested and arraigned for, again, running fraud is just so refreshing because these guys simply cannot help themselves 
And, uh, you know, the last thing I, w- I need people in the alt media space to, is to think is, oh, my God, the deep state is <laughs> the deep state is after Miles Gow. No, the deep state is not after Miles Gow. Miles Gow is a criminal, and he's committed a ton of fraud, and the SEC has him dead to rights. That's why he's going to. I mean, you got to be absolutely egregious with the fraud uh, at, at, at the kind of level that he's at where – the SEC and the world's most friendly collection of the agency, which is known as the IRS, is after you. So. Yes, that that and or uh, your backers or the people with whom you associate that have been protecting you have pulled have pulled their their protection. Exactly. Uh, by, by the way, happy birthday, uh, Ruben Glass. Uh, welcome. Um, so yeah, Miles Miles Gao, whose name has been mentioned on rogue on a number of shows not just just here but in v's comments and others is he uh, it will be interesting to see where that goes and equally yep. it will be interesting to see who he rolls over on uh we shall see slang and swearing if you feel your knowledge of foul language needs a boost please check out gerald salente's rant this week on youtube speaking of my god how is that still uh posted to that website uh, he went off about the whole banking situation in Silicon Valley, and even for Gerald Salente, that was a new one. Uh, he was using words that I don't know what those are, <laughs> so he was really going. So, you know, if, if you need that double espresso latte without the coffee, go go check out his clip on, on YouTube. Um, give yourself a break, everybody, uh, whether it is the Silicon Valley bank topic, your finances, or just keeping up with our feudalistic overlords. Uh, don't beat yourselves up. Uh, in a lot of cases, folks, and it just is, we are spectators when it comes to many of these things. Uh, do the best you can with the data you have. Always explore the best sources of information for the kinds of information you specifically need and just be patient. And as a type A OCD personality, I know that's hard. Uh, do not panic even if you're impacted by something like the Silicon Valley Bank or Credit Suisse or any of the crap that's going on over there right now. And we will kind of get into that a little later. Um, we need to try harder to focus on the long-term view of our lives. And I'll be the first to say, I know that's hard. Uh, We've had a lot of things thrown at us the last three years, and it's made many of us, even if it wasn't our our natural state, uh, very reactionary. So along those lines, whether it's Algo Cowboy and V's uh, material they're putting together about options for all of you when it comes to uh, your investing in your money uh, or the the various resources that we we have here at Rogue or, or others that are out there, whether it's quite frankly Amazing Polly, Mike Moore, the list goes on. Um, I know Mike Moore is trying to come up with with uh, some tools and things on on his side of things, and I'll certainly share those uh, for those of you that don't don't watch his stuff regularly. Uh, mind bending. My thanks to Cool Cat 2020. Uh, for those of you wishing to catch a mind bending movie like Inception or The Thirteenth Floor or things along those lines, uh, please check out the movie Under the Silver Lake. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Uh, it's it's definitely worth worth seeing. Uh, what does that look like? Uh, I may be wrong, folks, and if I am, I am. Uh, however, in my opinion, if you want to know what conflict between our globalist overlords looks like, specifically the London Corporation and certain powerful interests in Tel Aviv, uh, this is it. You're looking at it. Uh, the bank failures, uh, the banks involved with Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX, the infrastructure damage in places where Tel Aviv has been expanding their control, like Ohio, 
uh, and the list goes on. Their conflict is manifesting itself globally. We can see the signs of many, but not all of those battles. Uh, equally, these things get confused because you have other players out there trying to take advantage of the situation, clouding any, any assessment of who's really doing what and why. We're getting closer on the digital economy. There's a number of stories that have been popping up this week and especially this morning. Uh, that the Federal Reserve is, is continued to talk about uh, developing uh, a U.S. digital economy. Um, small sidebar on that topic, and, and again, finance is not my thing. Uh, if you need a government overthrown, I'm here to help, but uh, that's more V and Algo and others. But, but you know, my own two coins in the pond on that one also is uh, I don't really think they're going to eliminate. You've had some folks out there saying you're going to wake up one morning and, and paper money and coinage is going to disappear. I don't think we're going to see that. I think it's going to be progressive. But they're, they're continuing to push for this digital economy. It's coming. Uh, we'll have to take what steps we can in our, in our personal lives. Uh, I also think they did a dry run during COVID with this whole, um, probably one of the, the craziest comments said with a straight face, uh, we don't have any coins uh, here at our store. You have to pay us with credit because COVID. Really, explain that to me. Um, but we better believe there are giants in the playground right now and they're getting into position. And the other important thing to take in mind, because I've had some folks ask me this question, well, do you think, uh, you know, this conflict between certain parties in Tel Aviv and I'm, I'm trying to be as clear as I can about, I'm not saying the state of Israel, but, but certain powerful factions and the London corporation. Uh, do you think that one of these parties, you know, is quote unquote fighting for us or what have you? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, you can't trust either of these two groups uh, any further than you can throw them. Uh, the point is, is they're they're fighting right now, but they're fighting over who gets to be the chairman of the board uh, when the smoke clears, and that's to be expected. That's that's not uh, unexpected in in human history over the last two thousand years. So we just have to kind of monitor this and see whether or not this conflict spills spills over into other areas or other players. We have a celestial event coming up on March 28th, I wanted to point out. There'll be a five-planet alignment around sunset of Jupiter, Mercury, Venus, Uranus, and Mars. You'll need a pair of binoculars to pick up Uranus. Uh, I'm pointing this out because we know how our globalist feudal overlords love things like this. So, you know, nuclear detonation in Ukraine, the markets tank, or absolutely nothing. We'll just have to see. Uh, foreign banks, just an awareness. Uh, the Times of Israel said banks in that country removed over a billion dollars out of SVB before it went under. Oh, this sounds familiar. Yes, Where, where yes. have we seen this trick before, Velas? <laughs> so, so many times I've lost track, my friend. <laughs> exactly. uh, for those of you playing the home game, that's A, good intelligence, B, connections to the London Corp and Tel Aviv conflict, C, obvious intelligence agencies goings on with Sam Bankman, and D, all of it is purely by chance. These things happen all the time. Just, just purely by luck, they took a billion dollars uh, out of there. Um, we've got a, a clip for you all this morning. I wanted to play a little bit of, uh, I often talk about uh, Brendan O'Connell, but uh, he went on a rather lengthy and kind of trying to summarize a lot of the, the Mike Gill stuff. So we're going to play a little of that for you today. Um, there's a lot of folks who have good theories about what's going on with, with SVB specifically, uh, as well as other things. Um, and to my point about being patient a little while ago, uh, it's going to take time to dig more deeply into this. I'm sure there's a book forthcoming or some white papers out there about more of the goings on of what happened with, with SVB. But quite frankly, after FTX, it's all kind of in the same bucket. Uh, equally, my hope is, is that certain researchers don't take a bullet. Um, that was brought kind of more 
front and center this week because uh, Frank over, quite frankly, uh, had on the Zeller brothers again. Uh, it was good to hear from them both. And uh, they were going into the Danny Casolaro topic and the Promise software uh, and a number of those those related areas. And they basically were pointing out well, what I've mentioned on the show before about their their point that there's a lot of things out there that you just can't research. Or you can research a piece of it, but you can't you can't tie the whole story together. That's just that's just too damn dangerous. And you know they were talking about Danny uh, and the uh, other gentleman I've mentioned before, whose name escapes me at the moment, who uh, the writer with no hands, uh, the guy that they they found him in the front seat of his car missing his hands and described it as a suicide. Um, so with all these theories out there, uh, I can't. I'm not going to bother listing them all, and nor trying to identify what's true, what's not true, what's half truth. Um, things like these latest bank crises are going to eliminate smaller banks is one theory that's, that's being kicked around right now, uh, eliminating financial choice, pushing CBDCs. We'll see central bank digital currencies, um, along these lines, I want to play this clip now. Uh, many of us on rogue are not entirely bought off on the whole New Hampshire fentanyl angle. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't believe it, but I just want to see some more detail on this, but it's, this thing's got legs. Um, but the whole story has other items of value. And like many of Brendan O'Connell's narratives about this story, um, you know, uh, we've, we've covered a bit of this on, on some other programs. So, so with that, and by the way, I also posted the clip you're about to see, the whole clip of what you're about to see on Tuesday afternoon. But uh, V, if you would, if you'd pull that, pull that up. And it involves this little crappy office block in Concord, New Hampshire, USA. What is that little office block? That's the home of CT Corporation System. Wow, you'd think this giant multi-billion dollar private equity fund would have a better office. Looks like one of those dodgy little offices out of Panama or, you know, the Virgin Islands or, I don't know, the Cayman Islands, you know, run by some 78-year-old couple in them highlands somewhere. I mean, come on, you can see where this is going. Wait for it. So what am I getting at? Silicon Valley Bank is a giant depository of New Hampshire drug money. Only a tiny portion of the money was insured and under $250,000. The rest of the deposits, 97% of them, are giant drug money accounts in the billions, and the cartel started pulling it out. Why? To punish naughty leftist progressive equity and inclusion infatuated Israeli startups who hate BB? Could that be it? Eh, I don't think so. No, we put to you the feds are after the money due to Michael's revelations and the infestation of corrupt politicians have warned the account holders to get their money out. Now, no one removes their money overseas outside the US banking system at this stage of the world economy game. There is nowhere to go, uh, except maybe Israel. Now, remember, SVB or Silicon Valley Bank and many of the other banks now involved in the sudden collapse are flush with the accounts of Israeli startup tech companies, 500 of them. Wow, that's a lot in Silicon Valley Bank alone. That's also a great way to launder drug money. After all, 80% of tech startups fail, and if the money is all in Israel, it's safely stashed away. Or in fact, it's all heading back to Israel as we speak. The U.S. economy dominates and always will, no matter the fantasies of the BRICS lovers. The giant U.S. military-industrial complex ensures the big money floods into U.S. banks, except when you have incontrovertible proof 
as well as a public groundswell of interest demanding the giant New Hampshire drug and money laundering operators are brought to account, all $932 billion of it. Let's talk about New Hampshire and the Pandora Papers in this article from the New Hampshire Business Review and journalist Bob Sanders, titled, What the Pandora Papers Say About New Hampshire. It was published on the 27th of October, 2021. $932.5 billion. That's the value of assets under management by a rapidly growing trust industry ostensibly based in New Hampshire. They've increased by more than a quarter of a trillion dollars in just the last year, and it's not a complete total. The past year's infusion is triple the amount reportedly going into South Dakota, where several trusts have been scrutinized after the release earlier this month of the so-called Pandora Papers. Those papers, the latest of a series of massive leaks, document and expose the movement of nefarious money shielded by foreign trusts by people looking to avoid taxes and scrutiny. Some of that money came from politicians, kings and billionaires and was used for questionable, if not criminal, purposes. Lately, that money has been coming to the United States in trust havens, notably South Dakota, whose loose rules and regulations rival the most notorious offshore jurisdictions. In coverage about the Pandora Papers, New Hampshire has been mentioned as a place where it is easy to form trusts, but in some ways the state has overtaken South Dakota as the premier place to secretly stash foreign assets, both in trusts and in relatively new and even less regulated family law foundations. End quote. It's interesting to note that Jerry Little, banking commissioner in charge of all financial audits in New Hampshire, says this in the article. Quote, if we do find out something is going on here, it will probably be because of the Pandora Papers, he said, because of the extreme amount of confidentiality written into the state's law. Wow. The banking commissioner in charge of regulating all banks and financial institutions doesn't know what's in New Hampshire. I bet he knows what's in your bank account and you better have your taxes right. You'll be swatted and taken to jail. But these are the rules for others. They don't even hide this. Mike Gill had extensive dealings with Jerry Little in New Hampshire, and he is right up there at the top of the New Hampshire cartel. They all are, including Rhino Governor Chris Sununu. They are all totally corrupt, and that includes Jerry Little. Do you know how much information I've got, for instance, on all these auto loans? Get these people in the back, too. With all these. Do you know that they've been uh, laundering money through that? Drug money? Now, you don't want to audit them anymore, right? Isn't that your law? You passed the law. Isn't that your bill? What? V, you can cut it. Oh, I'm paying it. I mean, that's so, a policy, man. If if uh, Jerry Little trusts the bank, there's what's the point for audit? Yeah, you right. Can audit them. It uh, it just reeks of so many movies all in one sitting. But uh, typical of the kind of work, folks, that um, Brendan O'Connell does. Um, that's that's some good stuff there. Polly would use a bunch of PowerPoints because that's her style. But, uh, you know, Brendan cover, covered a lot in that. And that opening there of that building where that kind of leads to is, is something that just came out this morning, which is Silicon Valley Bank is owned by another bank. And that bank is incorporated out of a storefront, which you <laughs> saw at the opening of the clip where I'm not kidding you. There's a whiteboard on the outside of the door with a grease pencil so that you can leave your name and number and let them know that you needed to talk to them. Well, that business entity just went bankrupt this morning. Oh, that makes total sense. Uh, what is the name of this bank, fellas? I'm sure it's a, a reputable financial institution and uh, 
they're very forthright in their KYC and AML procedures. Yeah, well, uh, you can go watch the video, folks. The the oh the, the meat of it is there, but the but the net of what V is saying is this, and and uh, Brendan kind of brought this up on his private page, which is if you're banking with a bank that's incorporated in multiple states and is represented by an LLC, you probably do not want to put your money there. Just thinking outside the box for a minute. Um, on a related item to the economy. Um, I've noticed a number of the larger universities out there, including some of the ones I've attended, are hitting alumni with their special giving programs as well as certain large charities. Uh, that's another telegraphing sign, folks, uh, if you will. Uh, they know where the economy is going, and they're trying to get money out of you now before asking you for money later, because uh, many of these same institutions tend to hit you up around Christmas and New Year's. So when I first started seeing this stuff showing up in my mailbox, I thought, well, this is a little odd that you're hitting us up for money again. And then I looked at who it was and what they're talking about, and I thought, oh, that's what this is. You you know the proverbial crap may be about to hit the fan, so you're trying to get money out of out of uh, committed from people before the uh, June-July time frame. So keep an eye on your home mailbox and credit card offers and similar, folks. Uh, Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles last week for work and uh, the streets and highways of the area where I was, which was outside the city center, but still a nice area. Um, sadly, remind me of the capital of El Salvador, San Salvador, back in the 1980s. Uh, RVs and related uh, setting up shop along various streets as permanent residences for homeless, along with various camps all over the place. Uh, and then while I was out there last week, it started to rain. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the soil in that part of California, but it gets really muddy really quick. And it's just, you've got tents and little villages and little awnings set up off the side of RVs that are parked along the street. And you've just got all this muck flowing all over the place. It's just biblical. Um, underpasses, any kind of the green spaces near the highways, uh, people have got whole little mash units set up in there. It's it's crazy. Now, there is a Republican mayor, and I'm not picking out one particular political party or another, but there is a Republican mayor in a, in a fairly uh, good-sized town in California who did clear the streets recently. He simply enforced the existing laws. Now, not to sound like some dictator, he didn't just pull out the scoops, for those of you who remember Soylent Green. Uh, he worked with community services groups in advance to tell them, hey, look, we're going to relocate these folks someplace else. Uh, told the people that were effective, we have a safe place for you to stay with showers and other things, but you can't keep occupying the streets or our parks uh, as kind of your own uh, long-term camping uh, opportunity you're turning it into. Uh, the law is the law, and you've got to get off the streets and the highways. So at least in that particular area of California, uh, things have been tidied up. Uh, along with this morning's news and the news that we've been seeing daily um, about train derailments, uh, just a reminder, we're averaging about 1,700 uh, train derailments a year. Um, just a reminder also of something else I've said on another program. Um, where do a lot of the railroads put the stuff <laughs> that crashes? Uh, the old train cars or whatever melted materials left behind or, or even, shall we say, some chemicals? Um well, they, they uh, not always, but in many cases, they dig up the, the railroad tracks because they own the land. They have right of way. So they just cut the tracks out of the way. They dig a big hole. They put everything down in there. They lay new tracks and just keep on trucking. That's wonderful. Um, watching a psychological operation live, uh, have shared with all of you my thoughts on layered 
uh, cover stories on events like Oklahoma, speaking of that earlier, uh, and how the cover stories are layered so each layer confuses the public more and more than the one above and also helps reveal if people are discovering uh, too much. It's like the uh, show I had where I talked about, let's hypothetically just kind of treat Roswell as just a historical event and not get tied up with what it's about. Um, there are certain words or phrases about Roswell that up until the 1980s were sufficient enough to e either get people looking into you uh, or paying you a visit. Uh, and also to help deal with the fact that if the powers that be were, were uh, looking for anyone searching uh, for anything or investigative reporters or for you Scooby-Doo fans, uh, some pesky kids uh, nearly revealed the ghost was Mr. Davidson, the janitor. Um, case in point with the latter topic, uh, is it an Air Force base or is it an Army airfield? Uh, Roswell, New Mexico or Lincoln County? Uh, high altitude parachute tests or biological and nuclear research? Uh, my fan favorite during those years up until the late 1980s, uh, any mention of all uh, about Oak Ridge, Tennessee was enough to have somebody stop by your house. Uh, so let us uh, turn to several topics we've covered in real time here on Rogue. Uh, first, the global economy. Global central bank leaders are throwing their hands in the air and exclaiming that rate hikes are the only tool left to save the day. Uh, we here at Rogue and others in the alternative community have suggested the truth is, is they're trying to destroy what's left uh, in order to create a digital economic feudalistic model. Uh, second, the sudden attention on the southern border to stop fentanyl, uh, or the stunning comment from the U.S. government the week of March 6th that we may have to use the military on Mexican soil. Let me yeah, say that again. They're overdue for some uh, some freedom. I don't know about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you need some freedom down you there. You need some freedom. Um, so just to be clear, if the coffee hasn't kicked in yet this morning, let me say that again. Washington, D.C. is kicking around the idea of sending U.S. military forces into a sovereign country, Mexico, to stop our own domestic drug problem, and specifically fentanyl. Now, there's two takeaways with that. The first is, geez, that sounds like something might, uh, Russia might do in Ukraine, for which you sent the Ukrainians $100 billion. <laughs> so just keep me honest, federal government. If Switzerland sends Mexico $50 billion to stop U.S. forces from crossing their border, are we now at war with Switzerland? Uh, second, this wouldn't be because the U.S. government wants to distract from, drumroll, Mike Gill gaining too much traction with his, it's Colonel Mustard in the library running fentanyl via American drug rings in New Hampshire, would it? Please see the previous clip. So let's pause for a moment about what I just said. The digital economy is the plan. So that one is straight up the truth. Is Mike Gill right or wrong? He seems right. The story does check out in some respects. That's not the point. The point is there is something. There's something about that fentanyl topic and, and the Northeast that has powerful people really jacked up. And my final point on this topic, if there is truth on that one, then this is an amazing and perfect opportunity for you to literally watch my friends in real time as Fox News spins lies to conservatives and CNN spins lies to liberals while they both try to distract from the real truth. This is another opportunity for all of you to learn these things the way I did many years ago where you can actually watch an operation unfolding live on TV and see behind the scenes what the great Oz is doing. And you're now even better empowered uh, to read uh, through their future lies. Lithium. 
There was a report in Natural News about how several South American countries want to produce their own consortium to protect their lithium resources. This includes Brazil, Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile. The first item I'd point out is there is a trade regime or, or a series of trade agreements already in place with a couple of those countries called the Mercosur Bloc. That trade regime was the reason why Detroit and other global automakers for decades have had to build cars in Brazil, but then also build cars in neighboring countries like Argentina because they cannot ship cars into Brazil or Bolivia. They have to be manufactured uh, natively. Of course, uh, recently certain countries negotiated separate agreements with the Mercosur bloc, effectively negating the whole purpose of the thing. Even bigger item on this topic is something I shared with all of you on a prior show, that being what was known as the Bauxite Rebellion back in the 1970s. This was when several Caribbean nations wanted more control over their bauxite, which is a key in aluminum manufacturing. I would point out this was also around the time automakers uh, globally were shifting from steel to aluminum in car production, not to mention we had growing fleets of uh, airline aircraft who were also made from aluminum. Powerful interests overthrew one Caribbean government during that period. They assassinated some people and they bought off the rest. That was the end of the rebellion. So now a couple of players in South America believe their effort will succeed, and I'm not sure about that. Especially when in one year's time, we saw Chile and Peru's governments go extreme left, overthrown essentially by private equity, and we had that attempt on Bolivia's government to get at their lithium. Oh, and uh, by the way, in case anybody was unaware, uh, the inflation rate in Argentina right now just rose to 100% this week. A prepping resource, uh, I've got uh, a friend and colleague who spends a lot of time backpacking uh, and uh, related activities up in the mountains. Many many of uh, their hiking products that they use are dehydrated, so it's it doesn't weigh as much and you just add warm water wherever you're, you're, you're going. Uh, this is handy for any of you who want to add to your, your home or your RV or other, other resources in case you have a, an outage. So the firm in question is called Packet Gourmet. That's one word, P-A-C-K-I-T-G-O-U-R-M-E-T.com. Uh, now, I know there's a lot of companies out there I'm not necessarily endorsing. I'm just saying this is another firm that you can look into. Uh, I know Frank, quite frankly, is a big fan of Blue Monster Prep. They also have uh, a wide variety of, of prepping resources over there. But I did I did want to point, point this out because for any of you who do a lot of stuff in the outdoors, um, some of those those products are very expensive. Some of them just don't taste very good. Uh, Packet Gourmet is is reasonably priced, and it's it's good stuff. Federal agency management and government hearings. Uh, as you all know, Rogue can be pretty dark about the U.S. federal agencies at times. Um, for us, this is also known as being realistic. So why, you may ask, uh, do agencies care about appearing in front of Congress or the Senate when nothing ever seems to happen? Why would they care if there's an expose about their agency in a news publication or a government audit? To paraphrase, you know, a potential federal agency. So I got yelled at for an hour by a representative from Virginia. So what? It's not like you're going to shut down the FBI. You have to understand the dynamics in Washington, D.C. and why this actually happens. This may still not make any of you feel better, but I just want to point this out. There's an old saying in Washington, D.C., if you want a friend in that town, you got to get a dog. Even your own political party and your staff will stab you in the back at a moment's notice if it serves their, their needs. That said, everyone in government has few means to get promoted or receive recognition. Uh, anything at all when you're a senior government leader can derail you and derail you bad. This is yet another reason why no one ever wants to make a decision or accomplish anything in government. And I know I've spent a number of years working with both military branches of the services and federal agencies. 
If somebody does make a decision, you might fail or draw fire. If you succeed, you'll make people look bad and you'll draw fire. So it's better to do nothing and talk a whole bunch about how much you're trying to accomplish things, but you just can't get through the workload. So in conclusion, by the standards of Washington, D.C., the more you and your agency get yelled at, the more you're in front of hearings, the more everyone in a leadership role will be slowed or prevented from getting a promotion. It will often cause, and I've seen this with my own eyes, people to leave the agency and find a nice little-known different federal agency where they can hide out and go back to their sole purpose of getting promoted for the numbers of years they've been sitting in a chair. So that's the real purpose behind a lot of these hearings. They're not meant to fix anything. They're meant to terrify federal bureaucrats the only way they can, by destroying their ability to get promoted. Wacky sidebar. Uh, Does Jim Cramer at CNBC have any form of credibility left on this earth? I swear to God, they have to have biblical blackmail on. No, he, he, I just got an email from him this morning, uh, Velas. He wants me to buy Ukrainian war bonds. He said it's a buy, 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 and it's a good deal. Uh, I'm about to do that. I don't know about you. Yeah, he considered uh, San, Sam Bankman-Fried a genius. A genius. Uh, and SVB Bank is completely solvent. Exactly. Just like Mary uh, Stearns was. Bye, bye, bye. He kept talking about how overplayed he felt the, the coverage on SVB. I'm wondering if he's getting tired of apologizing to his audience. And frankly, what a strikeout it's, artist, man. He, he's a, he's a fucking moron. God, it's dang it's it. sad too because many 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 years ago, uh, I saw an interview with Jim Cramer when he first was was coming back on CNBC, if you will. And you know, net net, he used to run his own investment organization. His his father was diagnosed with with a terminal illness. And Kramer handed the business over to his colleagues and just said, I'm going to go spend time with my dad. And I always felt that, especially for a big New York financial person to make that kind of decision, that was uh, pretty big of him. So when he first started out on CNBC, I did like him. Sure, he's got a little bit of P.T. Barnum to what he does. But the last couple of years, everything from his position on on COVID uh, and inoculations to the people he's been promoting – I simply cannot believe he hasn't been handed a script. And given the amount of cachet Kramer has, man, it's now he ain't doing it for the money. So it's like there's got to be something else going on there. So anyway, moving on. Uh, laundering. Uh, speaking of, uh, what do you call it? Some things Breitbart reported this week. Uh, the corporate donations to Black Lives Matter alone were $83 billion. Uh, from the category of nothing changes out there. Uh, that money was all audited, by the way, to make sure it didn't go offshore and get laundered. Uh, I'm kidding. I literally saw firsthand Jesse Jackson doing this stuff in New York City back in 1997, and I know V knows what I'm talking about. Uh, I was at a very nice hotel in downtown Manhattan, and I saw yeah. a stream of black sport utility vehicles come up and park, and uh, park in a place they weren't supposed to park. And uh, I was having drinks with friends and I asked one of my buddies from New Jersey and I said, I said, what the hell is that? And he goes, that's Jesse Jackson. And I'm like, that's a hell of an entourage because it was a lot of people. I mean, it it looked like a foreign head of state. (laughs) And he came in uh, with a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of people with clipboards pointing at, you know, obviously his schedule for the day. Uh, He met with some corporate executives off to the side and then left. Um, What was the shakedown? Uh, pay the Rainbow Push Coalition or we'll boycott your company accusing you of nasty things. That's uh, right, fellas. It's all about racism, racism, sexism, emancipation, proclamation. That's what it's all about. And I'm Jesse Jackson. 
it's a conspiracy, as he used to say. It's uh, a conspiracy. So for a lot less money, you just pay us in donations and appoint two of our people to senior posts where they'll receive a salary and never work. Yep. Uh, all, all Black Lives Matter uh, did, along with other groups like them, is they weaponized that approach and took it to, to the whole next level. But yeah. uh, the people I was with pointed out to me that they said, you know, if you spent more time in Manhattan of uh, LSU, you'll see this stuff all the time. And, and it's not just him. Yeah, There's true. a whole bunch of people going around this town. And it's for major corporations, it's just a cost of doing business. Uh, equally, it reminds me, folks, of my days with General Electric, where, where in spite of some of the heinous stuff that GE did, um, I was privy to a couple court cases where I remember looking at our lawyers. And I, I've mentioned this before, where, where I looked at legal counsel for the firm and, and uh, the division I was working for. And I said, why are we not fighting this? I said, even by the standards of the legal community, this is complete bullcrap what's going on here. And uh, they just kind of laughed and said, it's a cost of doing business. Uh, we could go into court, we could win, we could maybe set a precedent. But the amount of money we're going to have to spend on our attorneys, and, and the minute we engage them in court, they'll do everything they can to slow down the process because they know it's costing us money. And the lawyers are all jump in because it's an opportunity for them to build their credibility. I sued GE and, and whatever. So they're like, it's just easier for us to sign a non-disclosure agreement, hand them their check. You know, one of the attorneys I knew at GE made a comment to me where they said, it's like the lottery. It really is. You know, if you bring the right kind of court case in the right kind of way, eh, you know, here's a million dollars, here's $10 million, here's $300,000. Sign the non-disclosure agreement. If you so much as is people word about this, we'll we'll completely destroy you. But it's 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 like the uh, uh, the patent lawyer thing out there. It's it's just a, it's a scam. It's just something people do. And and as I've warned a number of companies for whom I've worked, you know when you start getting bigger, uh, you really got to change your outlook and and the amount of time you're spending with your attorneys because it's like the bigger you are, the more you're going to start drawing draw fire from people whose whole purpose is to step out in traffic and hope your car taps them so they can claim that they've got, got medical expenses. Um, universities seeking protections mentioned on my March 3rd program. There's uh, several universities out there making uh, a lot of money in a variety of non-traditional ways. I, I discussed how there's two universities near me whose defense contracting work is about $500 million a year each. So that's a billion dollars out in the Midwest being made by universities and not defense contractors. Um, and by the way, that's that's a billion dollars that those schools were able to make without any law enforcement issues with drunk students after a football game. Uh, no other major issues that you go through when you're dealing with your, your students that you're trying to educate. Uh, another way many schools made millions of dollars was in medical research and related work in support of the COOF and lockdowns and related. Uh, Breitbart also covered this week a story about the University of North Carolina is trying to get a judge to block any disclosures about their research work uh, that they've been performing, which in their case and specific to the case in question was uh, North Carolina University weaponizing diseases as part of preventative medicine. Let me tell you some about weaponizing diseases, folks, because I've worked enough in the defense sector. You don't weaponize a disease in order to create preventative treatments. You weaponize disease in order to weaponize disease. That's why you do it. And so there's a lot of money on the table here, folks. I wouldn't be surprised if North Carolina has other major universities submitting what's what's called, uh, what do you call it, friend of the court motions uh, to back up what North Carolina is trying to do. Because if North Carolina loses that case, 
speaking of attorneys, you're going to have a windfall now of, of other lawyers out there trying to bring uh, other court cases. And these schools do not want to get into the details around what kind of research they were doing, uh, who benefited, um, you know, the, norm, the normal things. Um, I'll have the caviar. Uh, the website oilprice.com had a story this week in 2022 that luxury items were top investments in 2022, including art and rare cars, among other rare items. Of course, as I'm fond of saying, people of wealth know where to invest because they pay top dollar for Intel. That said, you'll notice they're investing in physical assets. You know, like all that laundered money in Ukraine is is going to be used for doing, as well as all those Ukrainian arms that I've mentioned that are showing up uh, around the world right now because we- weapons are a physical asset. It's a nasty physical asset, but it's a physical asset. It has money on the open market. Plus, as I also alluded to last week, um, a lot of that equipment is made with top top grade materials and metals. Uh, there's a lot of electronics in there. You can you can strip that stuff down and, and make a lot of money uh, just by by taking apart you know tanks and armored vehicles and other other sorts of things. So with that and and prior to Harley firing up at noon, I'll open the floor. V thoughts and comments, or if you just like to kick Miles Gow again, you can <laughs> kick Miles Gow again. No, I mean it, it, it's it's it, it's interesting to see everything come to be. I mean, I've had my data points. You have yours. Uh, Tom came on yesterday, shared with his. So all of us are kind of like, you know, reading everyone else's mail, so to speak. Like we're trying to figure out, you know, from the data points that we're gathering from these players that are on the global stage, you know, where things are headed. Um, QE kicked on uh, this March. Uh, It was pretty interesting. I made that, you know, I was was told that in my meetings over almost a year ago at this point that by March the cheap money is going to start flowing. Now here the question becomes interest rates. And it's also interesting with everything that Velas just brought up on today's show with uh, with 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 the money laundering. Everything's going full tilt. This is weird, right? I mean, think about this. QE just kicked on. I mean, we're already at. Um, I mean, my God, we're over two 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 point three trillion already. Um, and now you have all this money laundering that's been happening. Uh, and 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 Velas, you and I both know New Hampshire is not the only state where this kind of stuff is happening. Um, well, if I, let, let me poke my nose in here for just one moment. I was having a conversation with a close friend of mine yesterday. I used to work with back in, in my Washington DC days. And we were talking about the New Hampshire thing. And my, my comment is I'm trying not to raise my voice too loud because these sorts of conversations tend to upset people where I live because they just want to deal with Midwestern things. They don't want to deal with the stuff we talk about here. But I'm leaning across the table to the person I'm talking to, and I'm like, do you realize, God darn it, how big this is? I said, you've got the Biden family running Delaware for decades, where major corporations have been blackmailed into... Because, I, I, folks, I asked this question when I finally had the right people who could give me the answer I wanted. And I asked, when I was working with GE, I asked our lawyers and said, I don't, help me understand, what is it about Delaware that all these major American corporations, I picked this up when I was undergraduate college, it's like no matter where they are geographically in the United States, they're all registered in the state of Delaware. And I'm like, and Delaware is, is as bad as Massachusetts when it comes to taxes and regulations. And at the time, GE's lawyers made a comment to me where they said, well, that goes to who runs that state. And that was as much as they wanted to get into it. And of course, 20 years later, I come to understand, oh my God, it's the Biden family. So I'm I'm looking at the guy I'm talking to and I said, 
do you realize that we're talking about something that's so hot that the Bidens who run Delaware are nervous about what's going on in New Hampshire, exposing more of what people already know they're doing. Yep. And that you're raiding Donald Trump, you're raiding Mike Pence, you're raiding the Biden family, not because you, it's my old joke about law enforcement, no one wants to solve a crime, they want to know how much you know about the crime, and then they've got to figure out whether or not you're having a car accident or air turbulence later this week. That's what this is about, so go on, B. No, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's what it is, man, it's 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 incredible to to, to see all of this, I mean, I'm starting to get the image. It is, I don't know as of yet how things are going to play out exactly. But I, what I do know is that every faction here is fighting. Wall Street, Davos, globalists, sovereignists, uh, and, any, and anything and everyone in between. Vela said it best months ago. There are giants in the playground and we need to get up from under feet. Quoting directly from one of the greatest television series ever created, Babylon 5. And he's absolutely right. What they're fighting for is the levers of control on the other side of this complete rearranging that is about to occur. Amen. And that's what it is. So anybody who says it's going to be this, that, and the other, it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be this, or it's definitely going to be that. No, no one can make that claim. And why are they fighting? Well, you got to understand, these factions have pretty much for the longest, for the last 60 years or so, has been pretty much, they've been pretty much at peace with each other, right? They, they've been okay. I mean, there's been some skirmishes here and there, but nothing yes. like the all-out war that we're witnessing today. What has caused that? And if you look overseas and you work backwards, you'll start seeing the picture a little more clearly. Clearly, the dollar's fiat experiment is over. It's 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 there's a new age coming, and Vela said it earlier, and I've been saying it for some time, and he's been saying it for some time as well. And you know, we're heading into a digital economy, right, where everything's getting you know flipped around, and the dollar is losing its world currency status. What they're fighting over the levers of control is who is going to be in charge of America, number one, which is which translates to the to the regional power that America is going to retreat into, right? And number two, what is that system going to look like on the other side of this? That's what this whole thing is about. And it's incredible to see these titans, man. These giants at war with each other, like Vela said, and there are people out there who, you know, have the the financial power and wherewithal to erase your very genome from this planet, and they're yes. at war with each other, folks. It is insane when you got billionaires dropping dead, and they're calling it suicide. You're in a you're it's a whole new world, folks. It's a whole new ball game. And I've brought it up a couple of times, everybody that. Um... And I don't say this lightly, but I, I have no other way to say this. I, I've been in circles with analysts and other people who have been out there, you know, as the old joke goes, shot at in anger, where it's like, yeah, uh, I know they don't teach you this in business school. I know they don't teach you this in a history program. But assassination is part of how this stuff is done. I mean, I know people are, well, that sounds like the mafia. 
Well, I hate to go there, but our in, our enlightened globalist feudal overlords, um, the, it really is a kleptocracy that we're dealing with. A lot of, you know, it's like, well, we've got countries and governments. Not anymore. No, uh, it's the balkanization even goes to, uh, there's a, a, a PowerPoint deck I produced when I was working on what was going to be my, my uh, doctoral thesis. And I shared it with V when we first met. And, you know, one of the items I had in there was all the different kind of layers of who's out there and the way they're operating and this, that, and the other. But I, I assure you, the world operates on a tribal level far more than the average person is willing to deal with. Absolutely. And, and to, quote, to quote from an equally crazy group of people, uh, to quote from the anarcho-syndicalist manifesto, and boy, if you really want to go down the rabbit hole of what the hell is that, uh, go look up the anarchist syn syndicalist movement. Uh, those are some interesting people. But from their manifesto, one of the things they identified, and I've said this on a couple of shows, is, and I quote, the average person is persecuted beyond their wildest delusions, unquote. And, and this is what we're dealing with. They know where the game is going. They know, it goes to what I said uh, two weeks ago, that as a, as a program manager and just taking the, of my many hats I wear, and taking the emotion out of this topic, all I want to know is what is your backout plan, guys, if the digital economy doesn't take? But they don't have one. They're they all in. They don't have one. They're, they're all, all in. They're all in. And, 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 th and this is what's so amazing and it, it, to both of us, fellas. We've never lived in a time where the quote-unquote ruling elites at this juncture, and the, it's, the, it's the younger ones, the new generation that have taken over the last, you know, especially the last 30, 40 years or so. I've never seen a group more miseducated because there is no alternative plan. There is no plan B. It, they're all in on this. It's incredible. It is and the ultimate form of echo chamber. It is, man. It's crazy. It, it, don't take your own drugs. <laughs> How many times <laughs> do people have to tell drug dealers that? You don't take your own products. That's bad juju. Don't do that. Also, by the way, there's so many comments, and thank you all for always a vigorous conversation. Ruben Glass, uh, I get the analogy you're going with. A little UNC Chapel Hill here, a little Fort Detrick there, and pretty soon we're talking real bioweapons. That's the uh, a billion here, a billion there, and after a while you're talking real money. Uh, Oligarchs dancing to the tune of banking cartels uh, from Harry and uh, Modema and Suwus and Annie, of course, and all the, all the rest of you. Uh, I have been trying to catch your comments here on the, on the side. Uh, good good stuff. Absolutely. Very well said. Velas, any, any other things you want to mention before I see you in a few hours and we uh, break bread, eat some steaks? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, everybody is always, uh, you know, Hug your kids, hug your loved ones, hug yourself. Uh, take some time for yourself. Go take a walk. Uh, eat right. Uh, for, for many, not all, but for many of you out there, you're in some form of Christian uh, Lent right now, whether Eastern or, or Western Orthodox. Or terrible, sorry, Eastern Orthodox or, or Western Christian. Um, you know, take your time. Uh, eat right. Uh, listen to some mood music. Uh, and I have to follow this advice myself. You know, sometimes just turn it all off. 
Yeah. Uh, don't don't worry. The war will be there when, when you turn it back on on Monday, uh, and we will be here to to give you the the hits and the misses of, of what's going on. But as always, I, I thank each and every one of you for for joining me on Fridays and my colleagues on on uh, other programs. Uh, for some of you who might be looking, Gus's program is actually on YouTube. If you want to go see it, I did post it to the Discord page, uh, and a very excellent interview uh, V had yesterday as well. Absolutely. And with that being said, folks, we are at the end of the show. Uh, we got Harley next, and then at 3 p.m., we have uh, Utsav uh, Sanjuga. And uh, Utsav is uh, Sanduja. Utsav Sanduja. He's the former COO of Gab. I don't know if he's still, I think he's still there in advisory uh, uh, position. He's a, a journalist. He's interviewed heads of state. He is uh, somebody who's very adept with the multipolar world. So it's going to be fun to have him on and to talk and discuss. With that being said, folks, enjoy your weekends. We'll be back uh, in about a few minutes with Harley. Thank you all for listening in. Cheers!